Okay, we're live. Well, hello everybody. This is Cliff Rohde of Goat Cloud Communications, and I am uh, delighted to bring our next iteration of the Goat Cloud Hangout, our internet marketing tutorial, podcast, whatever you might want to call it, um, back to the airwaves after our summer hiatus. Uh, we hope the summer has been great for everybody and looking forward to a fall full of work. I just padded my pocket looking for a pen. I've got a pen now. And I couldn't be any more delighted to start today's broadcast by introducing Sarah Gold. Sarah, say hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah is a, uh, a small business attorney, and she will correct me if I say anything incorrect, of course. Um, but she is a, a, an attorney who focuses on helping small businesses to succeed. She's based in the Albany, New York area, and uh, we couldn't be any more delighted today to be talking about you know, some of the things that uh, Sarah does to help small businesses thrive, and then also, because Sarah herself is a small business person, talking about uh, the types of technologies that uh, she uses or avoids uh, to help her own business uh, thrive and, and to market it too. So, Sarah... Um, Without any further ado, again, good morning, good afternoon, I guess it's afternoon, and um, and welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Cliff. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and you know, Sarah, I, I just wanted to mention to the to folks who might be watching out there, uh, you can ask questions, and we will provide answers, assuming there's time. Um, of course, if you're not watching this live, that's not going to be possible, but we'll give indications on how to contact Sarah or me. Um, at the end of this uh, broadcast, uh, but feel free to, uh, if you're looking at this on the, the Google Hangout, feel free to ask a question if you'd like to. So Sarah, I, I'm, that's a lot of introductory material. Tell us about what you do. Again, welcome. Thanks. Um, I'm primarily, I, like you said, I do small business law, and for a lot of people that means a lot of different things. Uh, for some people it's merely they want to form a business, and I certainly help them with that. Some people already have their businesses formed and are having issues with uh, contracts, either between them and vendors or them and employees. Um, I also do administrative law, meaning license issues, you know, state liquor authority, any sort of agency issues that come up. And then a lot of the other stuff is just kind of general business consulting. You know, people ask questions, I find them answers. Let's say. I am a, uh, a small business person myself, but I haven't really formed a company yet. Um, what are the some of the, you know, the questions you're going to ask me? Some of the what are the, some of the issues you're going to step me through? Sure, a lot of people uh, always have an issue of what they should be. Um, if they're working with an accountant, I always suggest they talk to their accountant first. They their accountant has a much better idea on their financials as to what uh, formation might be good for them. If they haven't gone that far, I ask them, you know, what's the type of business? Are they seeing people in their house versus uh, renting space someplace else? Depending on the size of their business, if they have employees, uh, that is all are all drivers as to deciding what sort of form they should take. And what uh, you know, talking about those drivers, well, maybe we should ask this: what what are some of those business formation possibilities and um, with respect to some of those drivers what might you what might lead you to suggest to someone that they consider one form of business organization over another sure um, a lot of times people think they need an LLC an LLC is a limited liability a company and um, for a lot of people that is a good choice 
LLCs are usually used in instances where they have, you know, maybe one, two employees. Um, they're looking to rent space. A lot of times the landlord will look to see if there's actually a formation before uh, renting space. Um, it helps protect their uh, liabilities in the, in the public sphere. However, what I always tell people is our LLCs are only as good as paper that they're written on, meaning that you know just because you form one doesn't mean you keep those protections unless you're actually using proper business records. You know you're keeping corporate notes, you have a separate bank account, all those things go into whether or not the LLC is valid. For a lot of people, though, uh, something as simple as a DBA, uh, meaning you go to your county clerk's office, you file a paper for like $25 that says, I'm doing business under this name. Um, you don't get the protections of an LLC, but that being said, for a lot of people, they're not, you know, they're doing some consulting work. They don't necessarily have any employees. They're not looking to rent space. Uh, they just need a business entity that shows that they're serious about their business. And if they um, if they if they do that doing business as or DBA, um, it, it, are there other steps that they should take to protect themselves? I always tell people, it, depending on what their line of work is, always look into insurance. Whether you're an LLC, a corporation, or a DBA, uh, it's always good money well spent. Um, in my instance, I'm an attorney, therefore I carry malpractice insurance. That protects me um, ultimately against any sorts of suits against against me. Um, while people think, well, they're only going to sue my company, chances are, depending on what they are, they may actually get sued as well individually. And insurance is the best way to protect against that. Would a typical insurance policy um, protect both the individual? Well, I guess if you're a DBA, you you are the individual, so that's protecting you. Correct. Okay. And so... Um, uh, LLC, DBA, are there any other possibilities or options that people might consider? A lot of tech startups look at doing an incorporation. Um, corporations aren't necessarily just for big, big companies. Uh, they can be for small companies as well. Um, incorporations are a bit more complicated, only that the fact that you have stock, even if you're privately held. And the way, reason why tech companies tend to look at corporations is uh, they are looking for outside uh, funds, whether it be from a venture capitalist or, you know, small investments from outside sources, a lot of those kind of entities are looking to uh, a corporation because they can get shares within that company. So uh, for them, a corporation is a good choice. So do you think if, or I'm hearing you to say that if fundraising uh, for the organization is a real consideration, you you really ought to be thinking about going as an incorporated company. That is correct. Um, more often than not, especially in the tech sector, the, the outside funding sources are looking for them to be uh, incorporated. And what about, and this is maybe a little bit uh, thinking too far in advance, although maybe not. I mean, it, I imagine that some people who are creating a business are creating it already with an exit strategy in mind. Um, is there one way or another th that's better to go if you're thinking about a potential sale, let's say, of a company down the road? Um, a lot of cases depends on what the company is. A lot of people go into business thinking ultimately they're going to sell. Um, that may be kind of overly optimistic. Um, certainly if that is the ultimate goal, 
if you're looking for outside funding and ultimately to sell, a lot of those forms tend to, tend to be corporations um, just because it's much easier to uh, set, up, set aside what the um, valuation is. Um, it's much easier to evaluate a uh, corporation versus an LLC because um, most LLCs are closely held family groups. Fair enough. Um, what about tax considerations? Taxes are a very iffy thing, and I'm always kind of reticent to talk about it. Um, I always make sure that if people are forming a business in the hopes of, um, for certain tax purposes, that they definitely should be talking to an accountant. Um, LLCs can be uh, as simple as a single entity and what they consider pass-through, meaning that you can still file your standard 1040 that everyone normally does. Um, all the business... Uh, your business stuff will be handled on a Schedule C. That's true also in the DBA. Um, once you are an LLC, however, you can choose to be taxed as an S-Corp. Uh, there's additional filings that need to be done both with the state and with the IRS. That isn't terribly difficult to do, but it definitely complicates how the taxes are done. And those, unless you are a CPA, aren't something you should be handling yourself. Well, I think, uh, yeah, one of the first things you said was to talk to your accountant, right? It definitely. Yeah, taxes, uh, it's okay. I, I always love the, the distinguishing that it's okay to avoid taxes as much as possible, but you cannot evade taxes. Indeed. Um, what about um, the, uh, the cost of these various types of entities um, in terms of, of startup? What, what are you looking at to... I know you mentioned like a DBA is maybe 25 bucks or something down at the county clerk's office. What about these other uh, structures? LLCs are surprisingly expensive. Um, your standard your standard set of fees on that run, and it depends on what county you are in uh, New York. Um, you're looking at originally it's $200 to file the original formation paperwork with the state of New York. Where the additional expense comes in is you have to do a publication. Publication requirement in New York means that you have to put in a legal notice in a paper, both a daily and a weekly, for six weeks. And obviously, the cost driver on that depends on what county you're in. In Albany, that runs around $300. In New York City and surroundings, the counties range between $900 and $1,100. Um, so you're looking at you know considerably more expense. There's an additional $50 filing fee at the end of that publication. And then that's all apart from an attorney drawing up the papers. So normally for me, if they're doing something locally, I'm looking at telling them it's a thousand dollars. That's uh, yeah, that's definitely a little bit more than twenty-five dollars. Although you were saying that there are insurance issues too. Although maybe you're going to be thinking about insurance regardless of the type of structure you're considering. Right, and a lot of people when they're on the fence between an LLC and a DBA. If it's not seriously important for them to do the LLC, I would much rather them spend the money on the insurance than give it directly to the state of New York. Um, while that actually puts me out of work, um, I would much rather them you know, be better protected than not. Sure, that's good advice. What about um, incorporations? I gather, I'm guessing those cost a little bit more to set up. Not necessarily. Um, for a lot of people, when they think of incorporations, they think, well, because it's this big, you know, big entity, it's got to be more expensive. Um, for my clients, I normally tell them not to incorporate in New York. Um, 
as, as progressive as we may think we are when it comes to business laws regarding corporations, uh, New York State tends to be a little um, retrograde. Um, I tend to pick, pick people and uh, incorporate them in Delaware. You can actually be incorporated in any state um, as long as you file the correct papers with New York State. Um, it's, it's a pretty easy thing. Delaware has an entire cottage industry wrapped around doing incorporations in their state. It's a big money maker for them. However, it's pretty inexpensive. You set up a registered agent in Delaware who can receive any sort of uh, process from the, from the state of Delaware and uh, you can do it within a day for just that section of it for under $100. Well, that's that's not bad. So and actually, you're touching on an issue that I wanted to ask you about. I know that you're licensed in the state of New York. Um, it sounds like you can help people um, set up a company if they wanted to in Delaware, even though you're licensed in New York. Is that a consideration? Yes. I mean, um, being in New York, they're still going to have to file paperwork here as well as whatever state they choose to incorporate in. Um, as far as doing incorporations in other states, it's not that big an issue, um, even though I'm only licensed in New York, because all the other operating agreements and stuff will be based out of uh, based on New York state law. Okay, that makes sense. What about uh, a company, and you know, I don't know if this is exactly the, at the startup level, but are there challenges or, or things that people might want to think about if they want to go from one business entity to another, is that even possible? It is, and for a lot, for some instances, it can be uh, considerable tax uh, issues. If you want to, say, take an LLC to a corporation or vice versa, um, there are a lot of cases you have to dissolve the current entity. Um, not so much going from a DBA to something else, but um, if you're looking to do a, change a corporation to an LLC, for instance, there are uh, serious tax implications regarding the wind-up of the incorporation and uh, selling that off the shares may you may have tax liabilities that you weren't aware of. So it sounds like um, typical advice that you might give would be to really vet this out beforehand so you can figure out what you want to do first. Certainly it's much easier to figure it out in, in advance than have to try to pick up the pieces afterwards. Sure. Um, did I miss any kind of important issues about the, the small business kind of angle and, and business formation or, or about the work, the substantive work you're doing for people before I kind of slide into technology issues? Sure. The only the other thing I'd, I'd like to mention is a lot of people um, go the route of, you know, LegalZoom or one of the online sources to, to create one of these. And that's perfectly fine, but you need to be able to make sure that you've done all the parts necessary to make sure that you have a valid going operation. For a lot of people, LLCs, they get as far as a publication and they think they're done. That's not exactly true. If you don't have an operating agreement, which is something you never file with anybody, but keep as a corporate record of your own, saying what your LLC, how it's run, who the organi who can organize are, you kind of have a shell. And, you know, God forbid somebody were to sue you, as a lawyer, the first thing I would look at to see if you have a valid LLC. And if all you have something on paper and you've never actually gone as far as creating an operating agreement, you've got a problem. I see. So you're, the uh, the LLC, even though you think you may have created it, could be disregarded, sounds like. Correct. Okay. Uh, that, that's a, a, a good caution. Um, well, now let's, let's slide a little bit into this, this issue of technology. 
um, in addition to helping people as an attorney, obviously you, you have your own business, right, being an attorney. Um, what, about, what about technology? Um, what kinds of, um, let's, let's talk first about uh, what kinds of technologies you deploy and use on a regular basis to kind of make your work more efficient? Mostly the, the one I'm look, you're looking at right now, the headset that I wear on my head. Um, I run my business via Skype. By Skype, I actually have a phone number that's printed on my business cards. Um, when people call, if I'm on my computer, I answer it at my computer on my headset. If I'm not at my computer, it rolls to my cell phone. Um, it's considerably cheaper than having a separate cell number. Um, and most people have no idea that I'm running it through uh, Skype. And it's probably saved me close to $1,000 in setup because I can pull in a number plus voicemail for less than $100 a year. That's a pretty good deal. Yep. Yeah, I know I use a similar setup with uh, Google Voice. Um, and do, do uh, and it's that, that same story. You can have um, uh, your own individual number and... Um, you know, that's one of the things that I always recommend to clients is who have a business is that they really think twice before they start using their cell number as a business number, for instance. Yeah, I mean, my only concern was when I answer, you know, when I answer, people don't know what, what device I'm on. Uh, when I call back, I necessarily want to be on Skype unless I want them to have my cell number because it's really easy to just dial somebody back up, but they're going to see your cell number as opposed to my Skype number. Right, so you can dial out from Skype itself. Correct. Can you dial out from your cell phone using your Skype number? That I can't do. Um, I actually have to go into the Skype app itself, which means it's going over data as opposed to the, the minutes that you would normally have on a cell phone. Okay, interesting. So I was thinking, just uh, doing this uh, compare and contrast with Google Voice, um, when I uh, <clears throat> make a call, um, I'll punch in the person's number, and then before it actually dials out, it gives me the option and says, hey, do you want to make a call via your cell phone, or do you want to use Google Voice to make this call? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think, boy, if I'm not, or if I'm remembering this correctly, I don't really think that I need a... Um, a data connection to make that happen. I think I can have data turned off. I think I, I don't know exactly how it works, but it has something to do with the outbound number. Um, and um, it, I think it makes a call maybe into Google Voice, and uh, then that call goes out. Anyway, that's kind of a bit of a, uh, <laughs> a, di a diversion or digression. Um, <laughs> what else do you use? So Skype to communicate with people. Oh, wait, let me ask you about Skype. Do you find, do clients actually Skype you for video calling? It's never happened. Um, I know other uh, clients who actually do consulting where they do talk with their clients via Skype, via video call all the time. For my line of work, it's not something that normally comes up. Mm -hmm. A lot on the telephone. All right, what else? What other types of technologies do you use? As, as antiquated as it sounds, uh, lawyers still rely on fax machines. Um, while I do not no, have a, I know. So. Uh, while I don't have a fax said fax machine in the office, I do do electronic faxing, meaning I can scan sheets in and send them via fax. 
I actually have a fax number, but I never actually throw things into a fax machine. Hmm. And what, what service is that, if you don't mind me asking? I originally started out with one. Uh, a lot of them have consolidated, so now I'm actually with ringcentral.com. Ring um, Central. Uh -huh. Yeah, but it used to be part of, uh, there's eFax. Um, I used to be part of MyFax, and MyFax got bought by Ring Central. But the, the, the service hasn't changed, so I'm, I'm still happy with it. And that's about $50 a year for me. I was going to ask what the fee was. Yep. And that's for inbound and outbound? Correct. I think that the, the limitations are, I believe, 200 pages a month. Um, okay. But it's, it's so, I use it so little, but it's kind of expected in the legal field that you still have one, so I, I maintain it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I find so rarely that people um, fax anymore. I know, and I wish I wish we get away from it. Um, people in real estate fields rely on it heavily. Um, okay. I don't do enough real estate to make it worthwhile, but I be, I'm always surprised when somebody goes, "Can I fax you something?" Yeah. Um, okay, Skype and Ring Central, good. And I know you're not necessarily, uh, or you're 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 not necessarily recommending these companies, but just indicating what it is that you use. If you want to recommend them, that's fine too. But um, what else? So those are two communications technologies that you use. Uh, yep. What else? Um, big one that I've been using lately um, for my like to-do lists. I use an an app called Workflowy. Um, Workflowy. Yes, with a okay. Y. Um, okay. I've been using PDAs and electronic calendaring for a long, long time. And when I moved to the Android, I've was kind of at a loss as to how best to do checklists. I used to keep checklists on Outlook, and it wasn't necessarily talking nicely with uh, Google Tasks. Um, I worked my way through a diff bunch of different apps. Workflowy uh, is actually quite nice. Um, it kind of works as you can use it for to-do you know, to lists, checklists, as well as you know you're trying to set out you know like a writing schedule for like you know a piece of piece of work you're trying to do you can kind of do lists that way as well mm -hmm. is it the type of app too or service that you can assign tasks to people you know you probably could I've never well, I'm a one-man shop so uh -huh. I never assign anything to anybody I'm I'm totally reliant on myself um, right. but uh, I don't necessarily think that you can do it it's not quite that robust um, there may be a premium version that allows you to do that, but uh, in, in my world, it's just me. Okay. So you said Android, not iPhone. Uh, was there a reason behind that? I have been anti-Apple for a very, very long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so you may not recommend companies to go to, but to stay away from huh? Apple. Right. I, you know, if, if the app doesn't have Android capability, I've never even looked at it. So... Um, some cases I've had apps taken away from me because the the evil Apple has bought them up. Oh no! So I'm guessing the uh, computer that's on your desktop you're using right now is not an iMac or something like no, that. No, I have a brand new Lenovo Ultrabook, and oh, I'm there. very happy with it. So okay. Um, what about any other technologies that um, you think you couldn't live without? Um. I mean, I like I said, I'm part I'm part of the Android generation, so I have Google Apps for Business, um, which gives me the ability to you know route all my email through uh, Google. 
which actually has, was rather important to me in the last year because my uh, web host had a really bad issue with bouncing emails. So uh, short of renewing with them because I couldn't seem to fix the problem, and as a lawyer, I kind of had to make sure that the emails went through, um, I set up uh, an account with Google Apps and was able to route my emails through them. I haven't had any problems since. Oh, that's great. You know, actually, I, for disclosure purposes, I, I am a partner with Google Apps, so I refer them out, but I, I love that service, too. Now, do you have to pay for Google Apps? There was a time when you did not have to pay for certain small businesses. They, they actually, I, I'm part of the, the pay plan. I think it's $50 a year. It's, it's, some, it's, ra it's relatively small. I know it's smaller than what I was paying in the previous host, so it's, it's not a big deal for me. Oops, gotcha. Um, what about um, business promotion? How, how do you go about letting people know that uh, Sarah Gold Esquire exists? Well, obviously, the biggest thing is having a website. Um, yeah, I'm always surprised when lawyers don't. Even if it's just a placeholder that puts out your, you know, who you are, what you do, your name and your address, and your telephone number, um, that was the very first thing I ever set up. Um, the other things that, you know, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing without social media. You know, I have a Facebook page. I have LinkedIn. I have, I do Twitter. I have a Pinterest page, though. For the life of me, I don't understand why. Um, I mean, it's fun. I don't but know. There are a lot of lawyer, exciting small business pictures. I can't believe you're not posting those. Well, you know, I, I have an entire thing on just being a geek, but that really doesn't serve the bottom line as far as being a lawyer. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's that being out there as well as you know the one-on-one -on -one networking that I do drives people to those social media platforms, which in turn brings me business. Lately, I've been getting a lot of contacts through Facebook. People contact me through Messenger to ask me questions. The next thing I know, I'm meeting with them one-on-one -on -one and, and doing uh, business with them. Closing so. the deal. What types of items do you post on, on your social media assets? Um, it's, it, it does actually vary based on which, which platform I'm on. Um, Twitter is a lot of small business stories. You know, I I try to take stay away from the snarky, although it's really fun to be able to um, live tweet an event that you're watching on TV with thousands and thousands of people across the world. But um, a lot of times it's you know I read a story on you know Entrepreneur.com or Inc.com or Forbes that's really important to the small business community, and I'll put that up on Twitter. Um, I don't blog like I should. So I tend not to put those kind of materials up, though that's kind of something I'm pushing for for the next year. Yes, that has to become an issue for you in 2015, absolutely. Blogging, one of the, I want to come back to this Twitter issue for a moment, but I just want to say that, you know, one of the things that I recommend to clients and prospective clients, you know, a lot of them uh, come to me to help them with search engine optimization, SEO stuff, and I tell them that there is there is not one thing that is going to help you more than having on your website uh, robust, compelling, unique content. So yes, blog. You have interesting things to say, and you should say them on your blog. Yeah, but I know, and I keep I have these ideas that go through my head, but I just gotta sit down and write them out. Two a month. All you gotta do is two a month at least to start. Even one a month just to start. But anyway, let me take you back to Twitter because you said something interesting. That really. Um, well, you've said a bunch of interesting things, but I was intrigued by this Twitter comment you said about um, that you 
may engage in some of the, like the, the Twitter chatter if there's some sort of live event happening. I, when you said that, I was immediately thinking like the Academy Awards or something along those lines. But do you blend um, on, on, a, on a professional Twitter account like personal stuff or is it just professional? How, how do you do that? I had actually created a Twitter account prior to my opening my own law firm. And as opposed to starting a, up a secondary page for my firm, I just maintained my professional one, my, my personal one, and, and kind of made it more professional. Um, the reason behind that was when I started the firm, I had over a thousand followers. I really didn't want to lose that traffic. So I just kind of, um, you know, took the took the threads and made them a little more professional. Uh, not not that I was I've kind of um, never been one to really make things unprofessional. I I'm came into the internet before there were pictures, so I've always been very cognizant of the image that I put out there because it's been I've been around on it so long. Even more so on social media. Um, my my joke was the first two years I was on Facebook, I didn't have a picture of myself up. I was literally my my picture was a bunny rabbit with a pancake on its head, and it wasn't until somebody put a picture of me in a professional setting up and tagged me in the photograph where I finally threw my hands up in the air and said, "Okay, fine, I I will embrace this and become Sarah Gold with a picture on the internet on Facebook." I don't know, you know, there are not too many lawyers who uh, show themselves as bunny uh, bunny rabbits with pancakes. So that that might be something to think about going back to. No, but here's here's a more serious question. What about um do you distinguish uh in the types of posts that you might post on a Facebook versus a Twitter? Um um Facebook tends to be a bit more friendly. Um Twitter I tend to make a little more professional. I don't tend to interact a lot um, other than like retweets of other you know current professionals. Facebook tends to be a bit more friendly. Um, I although I do stay away from you know openly whining, um, <laughs> engaging with my my family and friends. I'm always really cognizant of my settings as far as if I do post something that I only want certain people to see, I make sure I lock that down. Right, and do you have uh, well? Do you have a separate Facebook business page as compared to just a, a personal page on Facebook? I do. Um, I tend to put up uh, events and uh, things that I'm doing as part of the law firm on that page. I probably don't post to it as much as I should, but then again, I've kind of cut back on the amount of stuff I put up on Facebook, just generally. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know, Sarah, I'm kind of looking at the clock now, and it is telling me that it's about 12.30, and I know that, that people have uh, limited time for uh, fun conversations like this, and I have to say, I've really been enjoying this conversation, and um, I am really grateful uh, to you for, for taking part in it. Now, let's say I am an aspiring uh, small business person. Uh, how do I find you? The easiest way to look for me is I'm on the web at goldlawny.com or you can certainly drop me uh, an email at sg at goldlawny.com or if you want to go old school you can reach me at 518-213-2345 well thank you we know that's not entirely old school because that's going to be routed through your Skype uh, account indeed um, well thank you very much and uh, this has been 
an episode of uh, the GoCloud Hangout. And, you know, one of the things that we always like to do is uh, make a pitch for people to um, do something meaningful in addition to just the, the generic, well, I shouldn't say generic, but putting forth uh, your business efforts is, is really terrific. We always make a pitch at, at GoCloud to uh, do something, volunteer, give a part of your profits away to charity, something along those lines. We just, uh, hopefully it doesn't sound sanctimonious, but we believe very much uh, we're all working together on this planet. And uh, I know um, it, it's uh, it's delightful to talk with Sarah, who I know is a, a person with a big conscience. The um, if you want to find GoatCloud, you can find us on the various social media assets. GoatCloud.com, of course, is our website. Uh, at GoatCloud on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, etc. Oh, Sarah, one last question. Google Plus. Do you Google Plus? I do. Um, I have probably close to a thousand connections. Hey. Um, it's it's it's. Seems to be getting more traction as time goes along. I think people start pulling away from Facebook and going to Google Plus. It is, uh, Google Plus is not just for nerds anymore, I don't think. Indeed. Yeah. Well, Sarah Gold, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if you uh, are listening to this taped, fantastic. You can find this um, on the website, on iTunes, with a podcast. Terrific. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time on the Goat Cloud Hangout. Sarah, enjoy the rest of your day and weekend. You too. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>